0: Chapter six of the Uphill Climb by BM Bower This Librebox recording is in the public domain Recording by Tom Penn CHAPTER six THE Problem Of Getting Somewhere Dawn came tardily after a long, cheerless night, during which the wind whined over the prairie and the stars showed dimly through a shifting veil of low sweeping clouds. Ford had not slept much, for hunger and cold make poor bedfellows and all the brush he could glean on that barren hillside with the added warmth of his saddle-blanket wrapped around him could no more make him comfortable than could cigarettes still the gnawing of his hunger. When he could see across the coulee, he rose from where he had been sitting with his back to the ledge and his feet to the meager fire, brooding over all the unpleasant elements in his life thus far, particularly the feminine element— He folded the saddle blanket along its original creases and went over to where Rambler stood dispiritedly, with his back humped to the cold, creeping wind and his tail whipping between his legs when a sudden gust played with it. Ford shivered and beat his gloved hands about his body and looked up at the sky to see where the sun would presently shine and send a little warmth to this bleak land where he wandered. He blamed the girl for all of this discomfort, and he told himself the next time a woman appeared within his range of vision, he would ride way around her. They invariably brought trouble. Of various sorts and degrees, it is true, but trouble always. It was perfectly safe, he decided, to bank on that. And he wished, more than ever, that he had not improvidently given that pint of whiskey to a disconsolate-looking sheepherder he had met the day before on his way out from town or that he had put two flasks in his pocket instead of one in his opinion a good big jolt right now would make a new man of him Mm. rambler as he had half expected was obliged to do his walking with three legs only which is awkward for a horse accustomed to four exceedingly limber ones and does not make for speed however great ones hurry ford walked around him twice scooped water in his hands and once more bathed the shoulder not that he had any great faith in cold water as a liniment, but because there was nothing else that he could do, and his anxiety and his pity impelled service of some sort. He rubbed until his fingers were numb and his arm aching, tried him again, and gave up all hope of leading the horse to a ranch. A mile he might manage if he had to, but ten! He rubbed Rambler's nose commiseratingly, straightened his forelock, "'told him over and over that it was a darn shame anyway, "'and finally turned to pick up his saddle. "'He could not leave that lying on the prairie "'for inquisitive kit foxes to chew into shoestrings, "'however much he might dread the forty-pound burden "'of it on his shoulders. "'He was stooping to pick it up "'when he saw a bit of paper twisted "'and tied to the saddle horn with a red ribbon. "'Lordy me!' he ejaculated ironically. "'The lady left a note on my pillow.' "'and I never received it in time. "'Now ain't that a darn shame?' "'He plucked the knot loose "'and held up the ribbon and the note and laughed. "'When this reaches you, I shall be far away, "'though it breaks my heart to go "'and this missive is mussed up scandalous "'with my bitter tears. "'Forgive me if you can, "'and forget me if you have to. "'It is better thus, for it couldn't otherwise was,' "'he improvised mockingly.' while his chilled fingers fumbled to release the paper, which was evidently a leaf torn from a man's memorandum book. Lordy me, a letter from a lady. Ain't that sweet? When he read it, however, the smile vanished with a click of the teeth which betrayed his returning anger. One cold, curt sentence bidding him wait until help came. That was all. His eye measured accusingly the wide margin left blank under the words. She had not omitted apology or explanation for lack of space, at any rate. His face grew cynically amused again. "'Oh, certainly. I'd roost on this side hill for a month if a lady told me to,' he sneered, speaking aloud as he frequently did in the solitude of the rangeland. He glanced from ribbon to note, ended his indecision by stuffing the note carelessly into his coat pocket and letting the ribbon drop to the ground and with a curl of the lips which betrayed his mental attitude toward all women, and particularly toward that woman, picked up his saddle. "'I can't seem to recollect asking that lady for help, anyway,' he summed up before he dismissed the subject from his mind altogether. "'I was trying to help her. It sure takes a woman to twist things around so they point backwards.' He turned and glanced pityingly at Rambler, watching him with ears perked forward inquiringly and i crippled a damn good horse trying to help a blame poor specimen of a woman he gritted and didn't get so much as a pleasant word for it i'll sure remember that rambler windied after him wistfully and ford set his teeth hard together and walked the faster his shoulders slightly bent under the weight of the saddle his own physical discomfort was nothing beside the hurt of leaving his horse out there practically helpless for a moment, his fingers rested upon the butt of his six-shooter, while he considered going back and putting an end to the life and misery for Rambler. But, for all the hardness men had found in Fort Campbell, he was woman-weak where his horse was concerned. With cold reason urging him, he laid the saddle on the ground and went back, his hand clutching grimly the gun at his hip. Rambler's nicker of welcome stopped him halfway and held him there, hot with guilt. "'Oh!' "'Damn it, I can't!' he muttered savagely and retraced his steps to where the saddle lay. After that he almost trotted down the coulee, and he would not look back again until it struck him as odd that the nickerings of the horse did not grow perceptibly fainter. With a queer gripping of the muscles in his throat, he did turn then, and saw Rambler's head over the little ridge he had just crossed. The horse was making shift to follow him rather than be left alone in that strange country.' Ford waited, his lashes glistening in the first rays of the new rising sun, until the horse came hobbling stiffly up to him. "'You old devil!' he murmured then, his contrite tone contrasting oddly with the words he used. "'You contrary ornery old devil, you!' he repeated softly, rubbing the speckled nose with more affection than he had ever shown a woman. "'You'd tag along if you didn't have but one leg to carry you.' I was going to... He could not bring himself to confess his meditated deed of mercy. It seemed black-hearted treachery now, and he stood ashamed and humbled before the dumb brute that nuzzled him with such implicit faith. It was a slow journeying after that. Ford carried the saddle on his own back rather than burden the horse with it and hungry as he was, he stopped often and long and massaged the sprained shoulder faithfully while Rambler rested it with all his weight on his other legs and his nose rooting gently at Ford's bowed head. A stray rider assured him that he was on the right trail, but it was past noon when he thankfully reached the double cross, threw his saddle down beside the stable door, and gave Rambler a chance at the hay in the corral. End of chapter 6